Thank you for that song. Appreciated that. <clears throat> also appreciated the devotional this morning. The um, thoughts that were shared there are very similar to some of the things that I'll be sharing here. So, greet you in the precious name of Jesus. And again, welcome to each one. Perhaps we could stand together and uh, have a moment of prayer together. Shall we pray? Father, thank you this morning. Thank you for this assembly. Thank you for all that are here present with us. And again, thank you for the things that have been shared. And Father, we, we are grateful, we are privileged to have this freedom to live in a place where we can gather undisturbed, unhindered by the outside world. We know it's not that way in all places, but when we do ask a blessing on those who today may be gathering in secret or in caves or in dens, Lord, we know that you see all your people in every place and we just ask a blessing on all your people and in all places and as the word of God is taught that it would go forth in the unction of your spirit and that uh, your people would be blessed and edified and encouraged. So, Father, we commit again this service to you. Thank you. Thank you for each one present. Thank you for those who would have a desire to be here and are not. Bless them as well this day. And, Father, may your spirit give utterance here today. May something be given that can be beneficial to all here, and Lord, may we uh, may this be another stepping stone in our journey with you. So thank you, Lord. We bless you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> You can turn in your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 1. I have, uh, I've taught from the book of James several times in the last while. Uh, It's been, it's been a month at least or more though. And we had covered a good bit of chapter 1 there. But as I was preparing for today, I um, chapter 2, verse 12, talks about the law of liberty. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. And of course that then connects or uh, took my thoughts back to chapter 1, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, 
but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. And we recognize that context is the one where it talks to us about not being like the person who looks in a mirror and then walks away and immediately forgets what he saw in the mirror. Um, And we're exhorted not to do that. So today, I'd like to, I'd like to, the title of the message is Continuing in the Law of Liberty, coming out of verse 25 there. Uh, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of the liberty and continueth therein. So we'd like to talk about that a bit today, continuing in the law of liberty. And we have that, uh, that referenced in verse 25 and also in verse 12 of chapter 2, the law of liberty. So we're trying to uh, maybe have a better perspective of what, what that really is till we're done. Uh, I'd like to talk about liberty just a little bit to begin. What is liberty? Um, it's the, there's, there's different aspects of the definition that might apply to this context and some that might not directly apply, but, um, but some apply very well. So liberty, the quality of, or state of being free. Now that's a blessing. We enjoy freedom, right? We like to be free. Listen to this. And this is just Webster's uh, definition. This is uh, not a Bible dictionary definition or anything. The power to do as one pleases. Liberty. <clears throat> Freedom from physical restraint. Freedom from arbitrary or despotic control. Now, we'll... We'll get a little closer to a Bible definition here in a bit, so don't get uh, too uh, anxious yet. The positive enjoyment of various social, political, or, or economical rights and privileges. The power of choice. So that's how Webster defines liberty. However, they do actually give us a little bit more of a... Uh, Biblical definition, as I believe is what the scripture is speaking of here. Not sure how this one applies or how closely a right or immunity enjoyed by prescription or by grant or or a privilege. And then here's one that really speaks it well. Permission Permission especially to go freely within specific limits. Permission to go freely within specific limits. Liberty suggests release from former restraints and or compulsions. Former restraints, former Compulsions, former bondages. So liberty is being freed from those former things. And as this uh, 
scripture says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. Liberty, permission, especially to go freely within specified limits. And that's probably the the phrase that is going to describe what I believe uh, this text would be talking about. Freedom, and we'll we'll address that up as we go. Permission, especially to do go freely within specified limits. <clears throat> All right, so maybe to appreciate uh, liberty, we ought to spend a few minutes thinking about the other side. Uh, and to do that, uh, I'd like to go just reflect back into the Old Testament a little bit. Uh, as I when I when I was studying this. One of the uh, cross references were fairly quick to take you back to the when it talks about liberty and uh, the uh, law of liberty. Uh, cross references were fairly quick to go back to the Old Testament year of Jubilee, which was the year of release, the year of. Uh, and so we'd like to look at that just a little bit, uh, going back to Leviticus. Chapter 25, verse 10. And I'm going to page there. Leviticus 25, verse 10. And maybe to get a, just a better context, I'll start in verse 8. Says, and thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto you forty and nine years. So then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month of the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. That's the fiftieth year, or at the end of the forty ninth year. Excuse me. <clears throat> and ye shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. That's the year of jubilee. Uh, verse 13, and in the year of this jubilee, ye shall return every man unto his possession. And, and the, uh, without going into a lot of detail, uh, under the Old Testament, in their structure of, of, of law, if you, um, they could purchase people for employment, I guess I'll use that word. Uh, and if you, or if you were in a situation and you owed something and you couldn't pay it, they could take you as a servant. And, but in the 50th year, everybody went back home. Everybody went back to their family. Uh, it was the year of release. And, uh, and so it was the year when, uh, when if you were a slave for whatever reason, for whatever, uh, uh, situation that put you there, uh, in that situation, on on that 50th year, you were off. You went back to your family. You went back to your home. You went back to your land. And instead of working for that master, you 
could again work your land. Instead of him telling you what to do, you could again choose what you wanted to do as such. In other words, we're uh, defining freedom. You were free again to come and go as you wished. Make your own decisions. And your master had to let you go to do that in that year of Jubilee. You know, the... uh, the Lord Jesus, uh, in and the Lord Jesus quoted Isaiah when he did this, but in in Luke chapter four, and maybe we can go there. We get the New Testament rendition of Jubilee, Luke chapter four. Luke chapter 4 verse 16, uh, Jesus here, I'll read through verse 21. This is a New Testament <laughs> rendition of the Jubilee, year of Jubilee. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And, uh, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath appointed, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to, to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And that's referring to... Uh, the jubilee, the freedom, the uh, uh, the opportunity to go out free, and and like he says here, like Isaiah prophesied, uh, and Jesus quotes Isaiah here because he was fulfilling this prophecy. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind. You know, we all. In some measure, we've been there, right? We've been a captive. We've been blind. We've We've, uh, we know what he's talking about. And, and if we can picture the, uh, uh, put ourselves in, in the shoes of the then present audience, uh, they didn't have the gospel like we have it at this point. They didn't have the, uh, the salvation of, uh, by faith in Jesus Christ as part of their experience at that moment. And so this had a, uh, a powerful, a message for them if they were open to hear it and understand it. So this is the the New Testament rendition of uh, the Jubilee, the acceptable year of the Lord, the year where the captives go free and and can go free. And we are still living in that acceptable year of the Lord. We are still living in that year of Jubilee. Uh, and we will. As as long as uh, as long as time tarries and our Lord tarries until He returns again, in just again to just uh, to see a little bit the the context of of the bondage versus the freedom that uh, in Ephesians chapter two. 
Ephesians 2, 1 to 6. Gives us a picture of, uh, of this uh, very thing. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We have the word disobedience. Probably has something to do with what the devotional was. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And there we, there we see the uh, the captivity of humanity without Christ, without the acceptable year of the Lord, without the jubilee. The captivity, uh, slaves to themselves, uh, walking according to the course of this world. And the course of this world is a course that is governed by the prince of this world. And we all had our conversation there at some point, in some way. And we were slaves to the lusts of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We're by nature children of wrath. Just like all unbelievers, ungodly people are. We were there. But, verse 4, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And there we have the uh, the acceptable year of the Lord, the jubilee, the the moment or the the opportunity that came our way to find freedom, or the the freedom that was offered us, and we received it, we uh, believed it, we accepted it. <clears throat> In Romans, Romans we get a picture of it as well, and obviously we could read a lot of scriptures that would give us a picture of the the before and the after, the bondage and the freedom. Uh, Romans six, verses seventeen and eighteen. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Ye were the servants of sin. You were in bondage. You were a slave. You were uh, held captive by sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. Ye became the servants of righteousness. And there we have, uh, yeah, just very simple and very clear. Ye were. Ye were in bondage. Ye were slaves to self and sin. That's where all humanity starts. But now, uh, being made, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. You heard the gospel message. You heard the message of Christ and salvation. You believed it. You received it. And now, 
rather than being a ser- uh, continuing as a servant to sin, uh, you uh, you obeyed that doctrine and uh, you were delivered and being made free from sin, you become the servants of righteousness. And so there we have those those scriptures just and these are things we know. They're not new to us, you know, the the uh, the perspective of sin and the bondage of it and the perspective of Christ and the liberty that he brings uh, to whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. Whosoever will can come and, and uh, experience the freedom, the liberty that Christ can bring. A place of liberty, a place to... Uh, go freely within specific limits. And we'll talk more about that. All right. I would like to uh, illustrate this law of liberty just a bit. Uh, What does... Uh, continuing in the law of liberty. So we've, we've kind of looked at the basis of it, uh, at the foundation of it all, uh, and how Christ put all that in place. But, uh, what, what, uh, what does it look like in everyday life, uh, this law of liberty? What, uh, yeah, what does it look like? I like to il- try and illustrate that. Um, I'm going to use a natural, uh, real-life illustration. Jo- uh, uh, Jonathan and Amanda got a, a dog. I guess their their growing sons enjoy dogs, and so they got their a dog for their family. Now, this dog had a habit. And that's why the former owners got rid of him. And his habit was he'd run away. He wouldn't stay around. So he uh, he ran outside of his boundaries. So Jonathan got this dog. And Jonathan went to quite a bit of work. Probably a little bit more than I would have done. But uh, he took uh, and put a boundary all the way around his farm buildings along the road along the back of the house around the other farm buildings so the road's down here and uh, this dog can there's a boundary there the dog's name's Hunter and it's a it's a a female dog called Hunter. So he put a fence in, a hidden fence. Went to quite a bit of work to put this hidden fence in. But within, inside of that, inside, and, and this, is, this is quite a large area. I'm not sure he went around all the buildings there. He's probably got almost two acres inside of this fence. So this dog has a nice, nice amount of running space. Might even be more than that. I'm not sure. He's got a nice amount of running space. He's got place to run. He's got place to chase the cats. He's got place to dig holes. 
It's got a place to do everything that dogs like to do. Hunter has a safe place to function, to enjoy life, to be a dog. But there are boundaries. There's a boundary that keeps Hunter from just going anywhere. Why are there boundaries? There are boundaries because there are dangers. I've seen more than one dog get hit on this road. (laughs) I've seen more than one dog die on this road right in front of our house. (laughs) I've seen at least, I believe at least three. I'm not sure I'm going to remember them all in my days. I finally gave up on having dogs. But uh, there's boundaries. But inside those boundaries, Hunter has all the room to do everything a dog wants to do. Uh, to have a good dog's life. But as Hunter gets close to those boundaries, there's an alarm starts to alert him that he's getting close to the unsafe territory. And if he gets even closer to the boundary, he gets a jolt. He gets a, she gets a shock. And Hunter has learned To stay within those boundaries. She has learned that when she gets too close to the boundaries, there's unpleasant results. So I like to, like to use that illustration to illustrate the, uh, this scripture here in James. The perfect law of liberty. Remember that definition that we had there about uh, permission within certain bounds? Uh, the perfect law of liberty. So as a Christian, as believers, and that's what James was speaking to here as he wrote this book, He's talking to believers and he's talking to them about this perfect law of liberty that they're to be looking into and continuing in. Uh, so, um, so we'd like to consider uh, this just a bit further. So the basis of this liberty, I'd like to talk about that a little bit. The basis of this liberty. So, uh, well, let's look at a couple of scriptures. Jesus, the basis of this liberty is the fact that Jesus, like we said earlier, he has come. He has declared the year of Jubilee. Uh, But in declaring the year of Jubilee, he didn't just open the gates and and send us all running to, to go and do whatever we want to do, wherever we want to do and however we want to do it. He rather established a kingdom of his own. And we find... Uh, some of these, uh, we find uh, scriptures that speak of this. One of them is Mark 1.15, where Jesus says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. For this, So for the sake of our illustration, we're going to call this uh, confines here the kingdom of God.
the, um, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. And so, and that's in the, that's in, in Mark 1.15, in the very beginning of Mark's gospel. These were some of the early words of Jesus. So Jesus in, uh, in, in coming and declaring the year of Jubilee, he didn't just free us from the enemy and then let us wonder. He established a, a kingdom in which we could uh, be uh, freed from the enemy and be settled and established in a new kingdom, a new environment, in new possibilities, in in a uh, yeah. We, we in, he he had a place for us to go. In Luke 20, Luke 17, verse 20 and 21, and these are familiar verses to you as well. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Here, lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So what we're talking about today is not a a uh, geographical area, you know over there in Israel or in that area where the kingdom is established and everybody has to go there. We're not talking about a geographical area. We're talking about a kingdom that is like the wind. You don't, you can't reach out and touch it and yet you see the very evidence of it in lots of places and in lots of people's lives. It doesn't come with observation. It's not... Uh, it's a kingdom that resides in the heart of men and women, has its place there, and has its evidence in the life of those in whom it resides. That's the kingdom. That's the uh, kingdom that our Lord established. Colossians 1.13, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. So, We'll call this out here the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. He has taken us from that and put us in here. He has declared the year of Jubilee uh, where the captives that are out here can go free and come into the kingdom of his dear son. And that invitation stands to this day. Thank God. We once lived in darkness. We once were out here. We once were servants to sin. But now we're in the kingdom. If we have received the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts by faith. Whosoever will may come and drink of the water of life freely. Whosoever will can... can. Uh, Leave this kingdom out here and join, enter into the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has given us a place to live and to function. Now there are boundaries and within those boundaries we have liberty. There are boundaries. Living within these boundaries, there is protection and safety. And that is the purpose of boundaries, is 
protection and safety. Uh, our Lord well understood the need for us to have boundaries in our lives. Uh, well, if there were no boundaries, uh, there were the the, uh, the two. These are two very different kingdoms. And they don't mix. They're like water and oil. You can't mix them. And uh, you, you can't separate two things without a boundary. <laughs> uh, just the long and short of it. So, uh, within, within uh, this kingdom, there is a, a place of freedom within the boundaries of the kingdom. Now, we'll, we'll uh, talk a bit more about... Uh, Continuing in the law of liberty now and uh, some uh, a bit more specifics maybe. So James, again back to that verse in James. James 1.25 says uh, that we're uh, to look. and let, Yeah, I'm there. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. So first of all, we're to look into it. Uh, and I guess we all know what it means to look into it. You know, we you can walk up to the, the door and you can look in. You can, uh, a stranger could walk up to the back door here and open the door and look in. And he'd see, you all see it here. He looked in. <laughs> he looked into. Uh, we're to look into the perfect law of liberty. So what are we looking into? What should we be looking into? Well, I'm going to suggest that this New Testament is the perfect law of liberty. It's the laws of the kingdom. It's, uh, it, it's, it's what we're to be looking into as we, uh, as we go through life. It contains the boundaries in which we can safely function in our, in our walk in our journey, in our Christian experience. It contains the boundaries. And there are boundaries in the Word of God. We know that. There's actually quite a lot of them that give direction to our lives in many, many subjects. And, of course, we have that uh, those previous verses here in James that speak of, of being... Doers and not hearers only, uh, being like a person who looks in a mirror and then walks away and doesn't uh, doesn't do anything about it. But rather, we hold our lives as we look into the law of liberty, as we look into the Word of God, as we read it, as we search its pages, as we uh, meditate on what we read. We can then kind of hold our experience up to it. And what does it look like? What does my experience look like based on this verse? On this boundary that uh, is given for the kingdom and for the kingdom believer. I'm going to turn to Mark 8. And you can turn there. Mark 8, verse 34 to 38. We'll get some, just look at some scriptures that give some very specific uh, 
instruction to us. And <coughs> Mark 8.34 And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will, sa- will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him Also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now here we have uh, just a few things that we can consider in light of uh, the laws of the kingdom or uh, in boundaries that the Lord gives us. Uh, So if someone, whosoever will come after me, okay? So whosoever will... Uh, desire uh, whosoever will leave this kingdom and join up with Christ's kingdom. Here's something he must consider. Uh, He will uh, need to deny himself. What does that mean? He will need to deny himself. He'll need to... uh, uh, How do you describe all that? Denying yourself, denying your... Uh, independent identity, denying your personal passions, your personal egos, you know, denying yourself. And when you're denying yourself, you're not just, it's not just a matter of putting off, it's also a matter of putting on. Uh, and so Jesus says, and follow me, uh, Make Jesus and his kingdom my identity. Make Jesus and his kingdom my personal passion. Make Jesus and his kingdom my love and my pursuit. As opposed to my my own selfish, personal agendas, ideas. Uh, yeah, making... Christ, and like he says here, uh, take up his cross. Any resulting persecution or ridicule or hatred that may come as a result of identifying as one of Christ's, we accept that. If we're going to follow Jesus, then we uh, we need to be willing to accept that. Any uh, any persecution, any ridicule, any hatred, any mockery, any uh, misunderstanding, whatever, that comes as a result of identifying as one of Christ's, that we have cast our lot with him, that we have forsaken ourselves, and we have cast our lot with him. Uh, that is, uh, that's, that's the laws of the kingdom. We can't come into the kingdom Carrying our own agendas, our own egos, our own uh, pursuits, becoming someone great, 
becoming whatever, whatever. You, we're, uh, we have to forsake that in order to uh, follow and to become a citizen of, of the kingdom. There's, those are boundaries that are given. In the Sermon of the Mount, we hear Jesus uh, giving a lot of instruction uh, regarding that as well. Uh, I'm going to turn back there to Matthew 5. And there are many places in the scripture we could go. But uh, in, in, in Matthew 5, we find Jesus in various scriptures. We find him addressing not only actions, but thoughts and motives that are behind actions. In the Old Testament, in general, uh, the law dealt with the action. In general, I say that in general because it, it, it was not exclusive to that. It, it did take a punch at the heart as well. But Jesus raised the bar quite a bit when for his kingdom when he, uh, well, let me say it this way. In the Old Testament, generally, you, they, there was no punishment for a thought or a motive in general. But once there was an action, there was a punishment. In the New Testament, Jesus raises the bar and, in, and gives us a clear indication that uh, if we go through life, and all the through life we are uh, walking and sinning in our thoughts and in our motives and etc etc and never actually commit an actual sin like we're thinking we get to the end we're going to be judged even though we never did the sin we were thinking it we were doing it in our heart we were appreciating it in our heart we were embracing it in our heart and so he raises the bar there um, so uh, Matthew 5:44. Uh, but I say unto you, well, he, he had, uh, in 43, he says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good for them to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Raises the bar. Uh, a boundary for the kingdom, for the Christian, for the believer. A boundary. So, uh, someone uh, treats you uh, meanly. Someone uh, does something nasty to you, and you have to re- you have you need to respond. And uh, maybe sometimes our initial responses in our and responses do begin in our thoughts. Maybe sometimes our initial responses get pretty close to the boundary, and then we start hearing that noise. You know. And then maybe it gets even a little closer and we start to get a jolt. <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if it kind of worked that way? Um, maybe it wouldn't be. Anyhow, you know what I'm thinking. Uh, but anyhow, the uh, again, just the, uh, kind of illustrating the boundaries that we are given to work within. You know, when uh, as, a, as a believer and as one of Christ's kingdom, when we have been treated ill, the wrong response is to return ill for that to that individual. The right response, the kingdom response, is to to uh, do something nice, 
Say something nice. Uh, you get the you get the idea. It's not new to us. Let's uh, look at Matthew five thirty eight. Just going back in that chapter a little bit. Uh, a number of instructions here, down through verse forty two. I'll just read that. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If a man will sue thee at the law, take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. So there we have, uh, again, a number of Specific uh, instructions that we resist not evil, that if we are smitten on one cheek, we would turn the other. Uh, That's a principle that we hear many times. Uh, We've been actually talking about that a little already. Uh, If someone sues us and takes away from us, uh, we're supposed to uh, give them. And that's a challenge in our world today with uh, massive lawsuits, and I'm not sure how that all fits. I'm not even going to try to explain that all. Uh, But nonetheless, when someone tries to take something by force, I think there are ways that, when it's uh, just for example, when it's all done, somebody tried to take something by force, and they got something, and when it's all done, then go and do something else yet to bless them. Send them a gift certificate to Walmart for $100 or $500 or whatever. They, they, they just sued you for, for 50000 and and the whole thing is settled out. And then just do something to extend a, a some kind of a... And, you know, sometimes we don't even have the opportunity. We don't even know where to go and don't even know how to contact the person and probably shouldn't. But anyway, I'm just uh, trying to give us ideas, I guess. <clears throat> so, uh, resist not evil. Uh, turn the other cheek, go the second mile. These are all principles that Jesus talks about. These are boundaries of the kingdom. Um, and these aren't the uh, these are by far not the exclusive. There's uh, if we go uh, even back further in uh, talks about hatred. If we hate, talks about lust and all those uh, different things that are common to us as human beings, uh, places of er- areas of life that we find we have to respond to, and there are uh, acceptable responses in the kingdom. And when we start to get close to the boundaries of unacceptable responses, I hope we. Uh, have that little uh, uh, voice inside that starts talking to us. That little beep that reminds us that that when we are tempted to cross the uh, boundaries in our our conscience begins to sound. You know, outside of the boundaries, there are dangers. Just like the, uh, just like Hunter if Hunter would cross this boundary here and get out on the road, probably wouldn't be long until there'd be no Hunter no more. 
Um, and, you know, the kingdom that our Lord Jesus established and the, uh, the law of liberty within which he, he gives us place to function is, uh, is all, it's only intended for our well-being. It's only intended for our prosperity as a Christian, as a believer. That is the only intent of any guidance the scripture gives on life issues. It's only intended to be a place of safe uh, living, uh, to be able to walk with God effectively and to, uh, to stay away from the, the places where uh, injury or even death could result. <clears throat> and so what happens if uh, if we do you know we're we're living within this boundary in this uh law of liberty this this uh place of freedom, place of, of, of functioning that God provided for us. And so what if we do um, fail and we, we uh, get close to the edge and maybe we even cross over and we respond in, in a situation in anger or we throw the rolling pin across the kitchen at our husband <laughs> or, or uh, we uh, lose our temper at our wife and I know you men don't do that uh, but think about it you know life is real there are times when our we recognize that you know we stepped outside of the boundary outside of the of the uh, the laws of the kingdom, the laws of liberty, the place of uh, functioning that God has for us. You know, God has a solution for that as well. And we're and I'm thankful for that because we need that as well. When there's a, a moment, a place where we come to the realization that we have failed. And you know, I'll try to come back to that solution. But, you know, in life, sometimes we can... I don't know. I'm sure you have uh, you have already been in the situation where you're going through life and you're not really aware that there's anything wrong in your life. You're not really aware that there's any problem. You're not really aware that there's a, you're coming short in anything specifically. But then one morning you're reading the scriptures and and some certain verse just speaks out to you and you realize, wow, I've got lots of room to improve in that specific area. I suppose you've been there. Well, aren't we glad that God is gracious and gives us a solution when we discover that we have been, in reality, failing to live within the, the uh, laws of the kingdom, within the uh, realm of, of safety in an area of our lives. And that solution is in First uh, John. Again, a familiar one to you, I'm sure. He says 
in First John 1, verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then verse 9, he gives us a solution. If we sin, excuse me, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that, that is something that is an, is, is an essential part of our lives as well. That as we walk with God and we live in the realm of the kingdom, we strive to uh, have our hearts postured there. And, uh, and then we come to the realization that we've missed the mark. We've failed in an area of life. We've fallen short of the, of the grace of God and the glory of God. There's a solution. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us, to bring us back, back into the, fully into the perimeter of the uh, kingdom. So continuing in the law of liberty, looking in, looking, let me go back to James. Looking into the perfect law of liberty and continuing therein. So I think you get the picture. You know, as we, as we go through life and we look into the perfect law of liberty, we open the Word of God, we study it, we come together for church, we talk about the scriptures, we are instructed from the scriptures. That's looking into the perfect law of liberty. That's uh, familiarizing ourselves. That's, uh, and, you know, like we said, we, we, uh, we, we can forget things. We, sometimes we, we might have read something ten years ago and, and, uh, and spoke to us and, and then we go down the road a ways and we open the Bible and here we read that verse again and it speaks to us again and, and, uh, so as we're going through life, we're looking into that perfect law of liberty. We're we're uh, we're we're looking for those boundaries. We're looking for the uh, instructions that uh, we're looking for those those uh, commandments of our Lord that uh, define the boundaries where, where wherein we can safely. And effectively live. And we are searching for them as we go through the scriptures. And as we, as we search for them and we find them, we want to be, uh, we want to, like James says, we don't want to just see it, you know, uh, read it, observe it in the scriptures and then walk away and not do anything about it. Not, uh, uh, allow our hearts to be challenged and ask the question now how what do i need to change in my experience what do i need to to do so that i can so that i will be living uh within the boundaries of the kingdom in this specific area or in that given area rather than just like uh, the scripture says here beholding our face in a glass looking at it looking at the truth and then walking away and forgetting about it but rather considering what can I do, what should I do, 
uh, here's something that spoke to my heart. I need to, uh, I want to grow in this area. I want to pursue uh, a greater dimension of victory in this area. I want to pursue uh, and overcome this weakness, uh, this tendency, this thought pattern. Uh, yeah, just uh, continuing in the law of liberty, continuing. And it's a life, it's a life, uh, lifelong journey, lifelong investment. <clears throat> like to um, like to kind of wrap it up by looking at a scripture in James, or excuse me, Galatians. We've been in James, Galatians. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Paul, writing to the Galatians, says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. And that scripture, again, gives us the, clearly spells out the foundation of the conflict. You know, we talked about the kingdom comes not with observation, it's within you. The conflict is within you, within you and I. The conflict of the struggle of walking in the Spirit versus walking in the flesh. Responding by the Spirit versus responding by the flesh. And that that challenge is, may I say, it's ever with us. Some people would preach that you get the this work of grace that somehow takes you beyond it. But I think it's sound doctrine to say that that challenge is ever with us. In fact, we see it in the scripture repeatedly. It's just there. It's something we have to contend with and wrestle with. And there's, there's that, uh, it's that, it's that within, that battle of, uh, of, uh, giving the spirit, possessing the spirit, whatever, grasping the spirit and walking in it. As opposed to allowing the flesh to have its uh, responses. So the solution is to walk in the spirit as, as he says here. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Pursue a spirit filled life. A spirit led walk. Pursue it. And, and really that is, <laughs> that's what we've been talking about. A spirit-led life. Continuing in the law of liberty. Studying it. Uh, and embracing what we see. And what we understand as we study. And as we are taught from the word. That is pursuing a spirit-led life. <clears throat> the spirit of God. The spirit of Christ in us. Gives us a power to overcome the flesh. And its desire to dom- dominate. And thus, continuing in the law of liberty. 
So, the definition again of liberty, permission, especially to go freely within specific limits. <laughs> Makes sense, doesn't it? Freedom, especially uh, to go freely within specific limits. Those are the meditations that I've had the last couple of days. They were a blessing to me. I hope they can be a blessing to you and uh, encourage you on the journey. If you're able, let's just kneel together and close with a word of prayer. Father, our God, we bow in your presence again and say thank you. Thank you for the word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for just again helping us to in small ways understand little truths about your kingdom. Father, I pray that your spirit may have again taken some of these words and and uh, given nurturing and food for all present. Lord, that is our desire to grow in grace, to become well-equipped as followers of Jesus. So bless us to that end, Father. Each one here, those who are not with us today or those who may listen to this message at a later time, bless each one, we pray. And bless the further service. And uh, continue, Father, to grant us courage, faith, and purpose to uh, walk and to continue in the law of liberty. Thank you, Lord, we pray and ask you all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.